Hey, this is Keith Jones, the president of Hockey Operations of the Flyers. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. This is Dan Helfer. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 Welcome into Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast. The People's Podcast, the Players Podcast, the Prognosticators Podcast, the Pedialyte Podcast. That silly podcast. The only Flyers Podcast. I'm Russ Joy, at Joy on Broad, joined as always by Anthony Sanfilippo, who you can find on Twitter, at Philly, and Bundy, at Cetarian6. I I have to do this right off the top of the show. Um, I have heard the people, and so I'm going to do this, and Bundy, I'm sure you'll support me. Anthony, you are suspended for a minute. Go to the box. So, Bundy, welcome. Uh, how are you doing today? We're putting Ant in the box for a minute, and then we're going to uh, get into our show for this week. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, we are looking forward to a big weekend of Flyers hockey starting yes. tonight. And uh, yes. Jamie Drysdale made his debut this week. We want to get into that. And we also want to talk yeah. about the fact that now that Cutter Gauthier is out of town and Drysdale is here, what that could mean for Matt Mishkov and what that could mean for this rebuild. Has the rebuild totally taken a different form, a different shape? We're going to get into that today. But before we get there, I wanted to ask, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Russ. What a week this has been. <laughs> I mean, it's been like kind of like sucked the life out of my regular job uh, in the recovery industry. But uh, you know what? I, uh, you know what I like? I'm just going to say this in terms of being a hockey guy. I didn't hear any talk about any fucking football all week, but I heard talk about <laughs> hockey every single day this week. You know, that the, is true. the extent of Eagles talk right now is A.J. Brown deleting his Instagram and Twitter account. But yeah. we're talking about hockey. We're talking about players, whether it's good, bad, ugly. We're talking mm-hmm. hockey. Uh, and I'm looking forward. This is a really, really important um, important road trip you know, from where they are, where they are in the standings, getting the win from Montreal. Let's let Anthony out of the box. There he is. Uh, He's back. And so, him, hey, Ant, how you doing, bud? Hey, our hey, boys. There's Great. our just, guy, man. There's our guy. Here. Just sitting here pulling all the arrows out, you know. There's still, there's still a couple of, uh, still a couple well, of arrowheads. I got to. We're gonna, we're gonna that. put some closure on that in a moment. But we're gonna start with the game tonight. And uh, <laughs> you know what? A big, big. This is a big six points, right? Like you got Minnesota, Winnipeg. Who? I mean, they have injuries, but they're playing better than anybody in the league. And then you got to go back out to St. Louis, where I'm sure there'll be no drama in that game. So it's going to be really kind of an interesting uh, week, you know, with a lot of the players that are out in St. Louis, Barubi getting, uh, you know, fired back. There's all kinds of Philly ties with that St. Louis budget. So I'm looking forward to the game getting off. And I will say this tonight, guys, I believe this is probably um, the most important game on the trip because uh, it's the one that you need to get points first. Yeah, for sure. And and, an interesting... Super Interesting important. note is that Bobby Brink is out of the lineup. He's out of the lineup in front of the home crowd. Uh, Tortorella addressed that a little bit earlier, which we can get into as well. Uh, Ant, how are you feeling today? Did we talk about that last week? Was that or earlier this week? Was that or was that just kind of lost in the shuffle? Well, you know, Ant. I mean, man, uh, just wondering if we yeah. mentioned no, but Bobby Brink has not played well. I, I thought he was okay um, against Montreal. I really did. I, I I don't think it was that bad of a game against Montreal. I thought he was just okay um mm-hmm. but uh yeah i mean we had you know we i brought it up on the on the last press row show that it was an important game for him um because i had heard prior to that that there was some consideration of, of maybe pulling him out of lineup and then they go and do it today uh in minnesota his home state uh close to his hometown um 
but Torts doesn't care about families' travel plans. He cares about getting his team to win on the ice, which is exactly what he said last year with, uh, you know, with Travis Sanheim getting benched in Calgary. So e- equal opportunity offender on that front. Um, and uh, and yeah, so they're the Flyers are they're still going with eleven forward seven D, which, you know, Bundy and I we talked about this a little bit. Um, yeah, the last game, I'm still not certain that's something that you want to do with regularity, and it's seeming like they're starting to do that with a little bit more regularity. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how long you can you could do that and think it's it's like a real sustainable thing, but they are, and I think that they're doing it really because for a couple of reasons. The first is um, that the six guys that they had in the lineup prior to acquiring Jamie Drysdale were actually playing pretty well together. And it kind of feels bad pulling one out at this point because, you know, somebody hasn't really deserved to come out of the lineup. He feels like the forwards deserve to be out of the lineup more so than the, than the defensemen have. And then secondarily, something's going to give. So, you know, whatever, you know, whatever the holdups are in, in, you know, if you have to move a player, whether it's waving a player like Mark Stahl or trading him to another team or even trading one of the other guys to another team, there's always things that can hold up those kinds of maneuvers with, with your roster. So you, you kind of have to suck it up a little bit here and, and carry the eight guys and play seven of them and feel like that's a better way to go but uh yeah should, should be uh should, i think this is the most important game of this trip winnipeg's a bit of a wagon i mean that team mm-hmm. is really good that mm-hmm. winnipeg jets team that they're going to play tomorrow night really good so if you look at the three and you say there's one that you're going to win and there's one you're going to lose and then the other one's a toss-up i think tonight's the game you got to win tomorrow's the game you're probably going to lose and then the toss-up is monday in st louis i like it i like it just uh, uh, about, uh, you know, I saw somebody talking about um, about the you know Bobby Brink scratching tonight. Dubnik and Rupp were talking on the NHL Network, uh, mm-hmm. and they said it's that's Torts' decision. They're fine with it. I, I, I am too. Uh, I have no problem with sitting a guy. But how many games has Bobby Brink played before this scratching? I mean, yeah. you don't. This is this is not what what you do if you're a good guy trying to endear your t- players to you. You know, when they did that to Sanheim last year, like, I don't know if you realized that reverberated through a lot of guys. Like that was mm-hmm. not, that's not something you do. Even me, when I've been scratching games, you know, regular seasons, no one ever did it to me in my hometown. You know, I mean, if the good guy was good enough to play last game and you're flying halfway across the country, what the hell's it hurt to put him in another game? And, and, let's talk, and I know that talk- there's probably decisions coming with that, Anthony. But again, yeah. at the same time, I, I'm all about winning and having the right lineup. But it sure can looks I- like it's like a setup almost, you know. Can I ask you something about that? Bundy, because there's probably some, there's something there that maybe not a lot. I mean, I know some fans know about it, but probably a lot of fans don't. Um, but, you know, there's when you play in your hometown, you get put on the board, right? I mean, there, there's yeah. – can you kind of explain what that is for fans? I mean, because that's that's a big thing in hockey locker rooms. Yeah, well, I think the thing is, too, and unless you played, like, in the NHL and you know or in the minors, your parents want to come into the games or been a player in this league, you know, understanding, uh, you know, what it's like to go back and play in the town where you, you were raised and where you learned to play the game. When you get when you say you put money on the board, uh, what happens is when you go back to your hometown or a former team, it's usually your hometown, you put 500 or or $1,000 up on the board, and that goes to the team fund, you know, for the team to use at a dinner or, or somewhere like that. But the other part that goes into a home game like this is that, I know there'd be a lot of preparation. Like, hey, I need 25 tickets. You know, it's a big deal. Kid coming home for first game. 
it's his first first game in Minnesota, you know, going back. Yep. To me, that's just not – like, there's another way to go about it. Set him out last game against Montreal. But I think as a, as a human being, uh, you got to look at, like, the guy's, the guy's family's there. He's been on your team. And as much as, yeah, it's a business, you can do what you want. You don't like a guy in a certain spot, you can do it. And, and you're right, Torts is an equal opportunity scratcher. Like, the thing in Sanheim last year, that was unbelievable. Uh, and yeah. now with Frank. So doing it in, in hometowns is a strategy by him. I mean, there's no, you're not going to have anybody tell me, oh, it just happened to be the night for him to sit out. Get the fuck out of here. I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. Like, so, you know, if that's, if that, so if that's the tactic that you have to use to try to get a guy to play harder for you, then I hope it works for him. About nine minutes, eight and a half minutes no, or I so. Had one he had one earlier. I didn't hear one you earlier. It. Oh, you blew it earlier. You completely And you have access it. to it. You could have brought it up. That's oh, my fault. Yeah, All right. Well, fine. I missed the Bundy I bomb. That's my fault. I heard the, the first one I heard was at eight eight minutes. Yeah. That was early. Yeah. You, could, you I, can be a coach and be a guy, too, that the players can say, hey, I know he's trying to do the best thing like for me. And I, I've been yeah. in situations. Like, I've been sat before, but I've never been sat in my hometown. And that would have been certainly, I think, just – it's just it's it's the ultimate disrespect from a coach, especially if you've made strides and you're trying to be a good teammate, do the right things on the ice. The reward should be that you do get to play in your hometown. You know, I mean, yeah. it's that's the way it goes. I mean, is he that bad that he can't play tonight in front of his family and friends? No, no, that's dickish. There's no yeah. there's no other way to put it. We might be a silly podcast, but it, I think we have enough integrity here to say, like, it's a bullshit thing to do. We've talked about for two weeks now, practically every press row show that we've done, we've talked about who could be in and out of the lineup next. It's been Bobby Brink. It's been Tyson Forster. For a while, it was Cam Atkinson. Atkinson came out. We've talked about this at length. It's not as if Bobby Brink hit the skits. And, and I think what actually compounds this and maybe makes it worse is Bobby Brink was one of the guys that Torts put out there in the shootout the other day, which... Again, I think at the time was a we're gonna put him out there and maybe that'll get him the confidence. Like if he no. nets if he nets a goal in the shootout, then you go, I, all right, like maybe maybe I, that propels think, him to, to play better after his, that. I don't think that's the rationale there, Russ. I don't. I think that they look at him honestly because they don't have a ton of great shootout guys. Mm -hmm. It's probably something that they've done a little bit in practice and say, Yeah, we have like, you know, five or six guys that we like. And then who were the who, you know, we're going to pick three of them, you know, that are going to go. And then the, then the next three will be in line. Um, if you recall, but remember, that time, was the shootout where Konechny didn't get a shot. And that, that was, was the all star night. And he had a goal. And yeah, that was and, one and that's we were, what we we were a little not sure why that was the case. But then, if, yeah. of course, he he goes the other night. Right. I mean, yeah. he doesn't score, but uh, or he yeah, he doesn't score, but he does go the other night. Um, so, yeah, no, I think the Brink is kind of I mean, he's he's been in that mix of shootout guys. If anything, it's kind of like if if you're close, it's where it's, hey, you know, he's one of our guys. Maybe we like him against this goalie, but, you know, maybe we do want to see if this is his, an opportunity. I, I don't necessarily think it matters if he scores in the shootout. He's going to get scratched tonight. This yeah. is something they've been talking about for several games now. I mean, you guys know, you know, you know, when we talked about this the other night at the arena, when I was told that, you know, there's a chance that he gets sent down. Um, mm -hmm. I think that that's kind of that might be kind of tied to Noah Cates's return um, uh, if that happens. Um, but there was there they have been talking about this for several days, several games of potentially pulling Bobby out of the lineup. And this just happens to be when Torts likes to do it. And look, you, we can call it bullshit all we want. 
right? We could call call bullshit all we wanted that that he does this to his players. Did Travis Sanheim has he been a better player since he got benched in in Calgary? I think that worked, right? I mean, in a, in, in a way, um, you know, if, if this is what he feels he has to do to kind of get a message across to a guy, then great. If it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. And maybe the guy's not going to be a successful player under torts. Who knows? But I think that he uses this as, as an example of uh, as a way to do it and really kind of drive his message home a little bit long harder. Hey, uh, Rory, Rory just brings up, I guess, something that Rory believes is perhaps hypocritical that Torts went after you for uh, that what you said will follow Kevin Hayes for the rest of his career and then turns around and benches a guy in his hometown. I don't know. Okay, I'm, I'd like to I'd like to just I'm going to put an end to this for once. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I've watched Anthony get torched this week repeatedly. I don't know what you're I'm just going to say this. Okay. Um, I was there with Russ. While Anthony received texts, okay, um, I saw it. If I didn't see it with my own eyes, and I someone came to me with a source, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give me three minutes. I don't like stories. I don't like breaking stories. I don't like being in the news. I don't like making news. I want to talk hockey, and I want to talk about the players in the league because I think the league deserves to be exposed from ex-players that have an interest in taking part in it. The Philadelphia Flyers partnered with us this summer. They called us. They wanted us to be in the concourse, in the building. So when I saw what I saw the other night amongst all the turmoil that went on at the time of that trade, I'm going to sit here and tell every person to look me in the eyes as a former player that's in the business of helping people that struggle, trying to get their lives back on track, trying to be a difference and a mentor to other people. And I've had my own struggles in life. I haven't been perfect. But one thing I will never do to you, and I'll never fucking say to anybody ever, is a lie. I would never tell the truth or support something that was not said to somebody or sourced to somebody. And I watched Anthony get shit on and shit on by a partner the other night after a game. And you know what? You can call me or you can call Anthony a lot of things. You could call me an asshole all day fucking long if you want. But don't call me a liar and don't ever accuse me or one of my partners of making something up. I hope this reverberates close enough because it's not the business we're in. I want to go down and I want to talk Flyers hockey. I want to bring passion back to this fan base that we've seen. A trade happened eight minutes into the game the other night that was absolutely, utterly stunning. We've never seen in the last few years an 18 or 19-year-old kid tell the, a great city like Philadelphia and a great franchise that's trying to turn the corner that I don't want to play for you. There was a lot of mis-messaging that game. And I'm going to also do this because I'm a bigger person than people say it. I said stuff about Kevin Hayes, and I'm sorry I said that, as he will be a future alumni someday. I said he was a loser for it. I get caught in the middle of a passion moment because I saw what Anthony had. So how was I supposed to react? I'm a passion guy. I care deeply for every guy in the team. I want everyone to do well here. And we've praised the coaches this year. We've said they've had a huge part of this. But at the same time, no one's going to sit here and tell me or the three of us that we don't, we make up stuff. I would never do that. Never, ever, ever. I'm a person of high quality. I go around trying to make difference in people's lives. And I do this because I want to do it for the fans because I got canned from the last job I did. And I figured it'd still be a good idea to start talking, to keep talking hockey. I love it. I love the sport of hockey. I love the city of Philadelphia. And I love my two partners that are sitting right next to me right here. 
They're not bullshitters. They're not liars. Anthony got information. And I'm telling you by looking right in that camera lens, that's the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. That's it. That's the end of it for me. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I apologize for saying the damn things I said about Kevin. He's a good guy. He's been a good teammate to players here in this room. And I know that. Whether management has gripes with them, they might. They might have. I will say one thing. I've never seen a player in my life get treated worse by a coach than Kevin Hayes did by John Tortorella. He was a walking boot. I've never seen it. I've seen players get dumped on by people before. I've never in my life seen a player get crapped on by a, a coach quite like Kevin Hayes did. But call us liars. Call us liars in the process. That's all I've got, guys. That's why I came on today. You call me any. Call me a dickhead. Call me an asshole. Whatever. But don't call me a liar. Don't ever do that. Thanks, I, Wendy. I will say one other thing. And this is going to surprise people. Okay. I, I took in a lot of the discourse. National, local. Because when something big happens, I like to see if we are somewhere near the rational side of things or to see if we've missed something or to see if we've gone too far in one direction and try to level set. I will tell you that last night I tuned into PHLY Flyers, the former Broad Street Hockey, and I was stunned. And I'll tell you why I was stunned. The last time that I can remember, and I, I have to admit, I used to listen to their show. I stopped around the time that they said some pretty nasty stuff right before they sold their show. I listened to them last night, and I listened to Charlie O'Connor with a lot of integrity break down what Anthony said and how he said it, and that while Charlie might not have agreed with how Anthony went about reporting it in the moment, that he understood that Anthony was reporting something that was passed along. I listened to Bill Matz on the show say he doesn't believe that Anthony made anything up. And again, maybe the way that Ant went about presenting it isn't how they would have done it, but I have to give them a legitimate like tip of the cap because I think the way that they went about discussing it was really well done. And I think that that was a pretty cool moment because we have, as they noted on their show, we have not had a warm and cuddly and loving relationship with, with their show. But I think the fact that they went about it the way that they did was also nice. There are a lot of the national outlets that I think kind of took the chicklets route. They took the 60-second or the 30-second clip that Pagan at Crossing Broad put up, and they did not go back and listen to the entire thing. They did not watch the whole thing. I watched the New York Post write about it. I watched the Athletic write about it. I watched OutKick, Awful Announcing. There were more. And then after Anthony got flamed by torts, I watched more outlets go and, and put things out. And so much of what they put out was based on a 30-second clip of a much larger segment. I clipped the segment of the show where Anthony um, brought up the, the clarification a couple days ago about what his thought was, because I didn't clip the part of you guys on Crossing Broadcast and put it on our channel, but I did take the part where Anthony and I talked pregame the other day. And I think it's really important to have the full context of a clip, and then you can make your decision. And so anyway, I wanted to, to give those guys a shout because I thought they did a nice job. I thought that the way that they went about it was, uh, was really nice. Kelly Hinkle was also on that show. She clearly doesn't like Ant, but I think that for the most part, even like she was kind of okay in the moment. But I, I think Charlie did a really nice job okay from the, from the like journalist this. from the journalist from the journalist point of view. So I wanted to give them a shout because I thought that was yeah, it was good. It was and it was appreciated because ultimately, Bundy, you're right. We don't make shit up, 
never, stuff that was never, presented ever, is ever. if a source comes and says something, and in the case of what Anthony wrote the next day, it was three sources that all said the same thing. You cannot like the information as a fan or a person who interprets it. You cannot like it, but it doesn't mean that it's all fake. It doesn't mean that it's made up. It means that what is being passed along from sources is what is being passed along from sources. And you can make the decision as a listener or as a reader to decide if you agree or not. We did say this the other day. We will reiterate this one more time. Kevin Hayes coming out and saying that there were death threats made against him, his family, people laughing about or joking That's about awful. the untimely death of his brother is horrible. And at the same time, I will point out to the people who are really kind of dickish and and were very dickish, and I decided not to flame throughout the last few days. The people who tried to say that Anthony made shit up that led to death threats is just not accurate. He presented information that was brought to him and some fucking assholes, stupid, irresponsible, shit-eating assholes went out and said awful things, tweeted things or DM'd things or whatever it was to get to Kevin Hayes. Those people are reprehensible and we don't support them and we don't condone them. And they should be ashamed and eventually karma will get them. That's it. Do we get a bomb for you there, Russ? No. <laughs> yeah, I just I just wanted to put some some context in it because I don't like going back and forth on Twitter. I think it's useless yeah. time. Yeah. But I wanted to make sure people understood that and to understand that we have high quality here and we don't want, we'd never do that. I would never, I wouldn't allow it. I would never yeah. allow it. I would quit this show before I would ever, ever put allow something like that to go out. Cause there's yeah. just no way. <laughs> Excuse me. And then, you know, don't die on us. No, I'm not. I'm trying not. It's been, it's been like two weeks. Uh, I just, I just, uh, you know, I know what Anthony's about, you know, I used yep. to think he was a dickhead when I was a player, but <laughs> now I really like him. A C, Anthony. Like, you gave me a C. Like, Here comes that fucking San Filippo again. Bullshit storytelling asshole. You gave me a C. <laughs> San Filippo yeah. gave me a C. That's what yeah. I, I still. You gave me that. a fucking C, Anthony. A C. You go out and cover Yager for sixty minutes and see if you give yourself a C. <laughs> uh, Mid-season grades. Remember those days? You know what? We mm -hmm. had the best. I think do that. Yeah, and the best part is, is we like to have fun. Like you know what, and, and that's what that's what we are. Like we're we're like a real life stuff. But unfortunately, the one thing that's great about Philly, and I was saying this the other day, guys, like nothing unites Philly at the end of the day than somebody saying he doesn't want to play here. You know yeah, I mean? there is Absolutely. nothing that unites yeah. this town more than like an outsider saying, like, "I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I don't want to play." There. Oh, by the way, I will say the the one thing that we had passed along to us last night that made me laugh is one of the Facebook pages, a Flyers Facebook page, not the team. It was a fan page. It's called the official Philadelphia Flyers fan page. But it's is not, upset. It's, there's it's, another one that's also called that. There's actually okay. two with the same. So, so there's an official Philadelphia Flyers fan page <laughs> that the Snow the Goalie account was, was in because we used to post like clips or links to the show some every so often. And the guy who runs that account previously blocked us from other Facebook pages because we said something critical about Shane Gostas Bear on the show like three years ago. Got very <laughs> upset, like oddly worked up, like parasocial relationship, very strange. Anyway, apparently blocked us and kicked us out of the group. And then people have been passing along comments in that group going like, why are they banned? And apparently this guy's just very upset that we were fake news. You named your Facebook group. The official Philadelphia Flyers fan page. Official. 
Are you associated with the team? Not even associated are with you, the fan club. Are you part of the Philadelphia Flyers fan club? Yeah. No? And no? Then what the fuck are you official at? <laughs> we can't, that's two bombs, bro. That's what we call, that, my two. friend, is what we call fake news. Anyway, <laughs> back to the show. Um, this weekend, I think, is going to be interesting. I want to go back to the guy that the Flyers acquired this week, Jamie Drysdale. We talked about his first game, the skating ability. Bundy, for the people who didn't watch live, I don't, I don't clip the intermission stuff and add it to the, to the podcast feed. So for the people who might have missed this, can you explain to people why, as a defenseman, as a player in general, but especially a defenseman, why it is such an advantage to be as good or great of a skater as Jamie Drysdale is and how that makes playing the game and processing the game easier? Yeah, so what he does really interestingly well is, um, you know, I was, I was talking to John LeClaire the other day. It was kind of funny. I think I, I don't know if I said it afterwards, but he, I said, God, he reminds me so much of Paul Coffey as a skater. And that's, I mean, you, it's about the highest compliment you could get. I'd like to see more of him. But when I say that, as he turns a corner and he, and he gets his blades, of his, uh, the, uh, blades into the ice, he actually picks up speed as he's, um, as he's gliding. And it's, it's unique to be able to do that. But he's, he's done it. So um, that's what I'm most curious about. Because when you, do, when you do that, you're not moving your feet. You're able to glide. You can make that first pass a lot easier. And, and his, like his, his skates are on the ice so much. So I, I just, I mean, just as a great skater, um, I, I really think that they got a lot, a ton of value in this young guy. You know, I know he's coming off some injuries and everything, but man, is it really hard uh, to to get a guy uh, who's able to skate like that and 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 has good puck skills? Uh, it's he's going to be a lot of fun to watch develop. It's interesting you mentioned, you know, you mentioned coffee the other night, and then in the post game press conference because it was said probably before the big video came out. Um, he referred to Drysdale, Torts referred to Drysdale as a guy who could be a, a candidate to be a rover. And that's exactly what Paul Coffey was when he played. Right, Bundy? He was, he mm -hmm. was, he was a rover. It's, it's an interesting description of how to you know talk about a defensive player. But the idea being that, yeah, you're playing defense, but we really want you up ice, and we really want you gambling and taking chances Scott, and, and creating Scott Niedermeyer. Offense is yeah. a guy that reminded me of that I used to, we used to play the devils and, you know, I know the devils never, people never really realize that because they always thought they were this trap team and, and lock it up. But I'll tell you what, I was, you know, we were talking the other day, I think it was maybe a couple, might actually might've been Johnny again or, or somebody. And we we're saying about like how Niedermeyer, the devils would have a rush. And then you look in the corner and there's Niedermeyer making a play out of the, you know, the offensive corner of his team. And he was a defenseman. So yeah, you have to have that extra guy up. That really is the difference now with having good defensemen is having that extra layer up sometimes to add add to the offense. And that's, you know, usually I think how your team will will stay pretty good through the year is by having those good back enders like that that can play that can play those kind of minutes, but also get down in the offense. Um, there was a question up here that I think is a, a really fair one. Hold on, I I'm clicking on the wrong thing. There was a question about torts and and how torts could maybe affect. Uh, here it is. Matthew Stevens. What does Torts do for Drysdale's development? I don't know if it's a Torts thing as much as it is the position coach who seems yeah, to have gotten through. Yeah. Bradshaw's gotten through, seems to have turned around in a, in a large way. Sanheim gotten him back on track, made Ristolainen like a guy that I think even people who've been the most critical and like admittedly on this show, we've kind of gone back and forth about just how effective he can be and where he, he slots in. Ristolainen has not been a massive liability. Like he seems to have kind of pulled the nose up on things. 
Like, do we, been, do you have, I, do you have confidence in them, Ant, that like yeah. they're going to take Drysdale's game to the next level? Like, what do you think they're going to work on with him? Well, first of all, it's, it's, you got to see how he, how he plays in the system, right? I mean, it's a diff completely different system and style of play than that he was playing in Anaheim. Um, but then I, I, I look at it and say, the, what was our biggest concern about this team coming into the season? It was that they had no, no, their defense was a disaster. I mean, really, in yeah. all honesty, I think I said it, you said it, Russ. I'm pretty sure Bundy kind of agreed with us if he didn't flat out say it himself. Coming into the season, we looked like, oh, yeah, this defense is not going to be good. That's going to be their biggest problem. And it's been one of their biggest strengths. Mm -hmm. We were, we, we couldn't have been more wrong about the defense and, and how it was going to end up playing. That's not to sit here and tell you that they, they have a bunch of, you know, average guys that are playing well over their head and they're now, you know, this rock solid group of six or seven, as it is in this in the game again tonight. Um, but that what it is, is it, it's a team that has uh, a coaching staff that has recognized what they have in these players and able to make them fit and work within the framework of what they're trying to do and have them play good enough to to be in almost every game. I mean, Flyers don't yeah. get blown out, right? They don't get blown out. So they're playing a defensive style that's good enough to be, and that's all you can ask. And so when you say that, when you look at what he's done with guys who are considered, you know, just average to slightly above average defensemen and have them play to that level and say, all right, now we're going to give you a 21-year-old defenseman who, oh, by the way, was the sixth overall pick in the draft. And we know he's got a ton of skill offensively work with that and see what you could do with it. I, I think you should have nothing but confidence that they can turn turn around the defensive side of his game to be really good and then say, all right, now go go do what you got to do. Go be the, be that aggressive defenseman, you know, jumping up into the play and making things happen offensively. I think it's I think it's a really good possibility for them. And I hear and the other thing too, which I, I know it's, people don't care about it as much. I hear he's a great kid, which to oh, me yeah. is so important. Like, like to have a huge. good a good guy in the locker room that's not an asshole, like, you know, it's like sucks up the oxygen in the room, but just a great, great kid from all accounts. Well, and that's so important, you know, as getting a character person off the ice too. I, I was, I wrote a story last year when we were breaking, breaking down all that ailed the flyers for the last decade. Right. And I, and I kind of shit on the fact that they had all these uh, senior advisors, right. That, that, that they were kind of still in that role that they needed to kind of clean that up. Well, I'll be honest with you. Having a senior advisor was a big reason why making this trade for Jamie Drysdale was able to happen. And that's because they had signed former Ducks GM Bob Murray as a senior advisor um, prior to the season. And here's a guy who the guy who drafted him. So knows the kid, knows a lot about him. And, you know, a lot went into the Ducks vetting of him and before they picked him and drafted him. He gives that perspective to Danny and Keith Jones and, and the whole team and says, Hey, listen, this is what I can tell you about this kid. I have a lot of inside info about him. Let me tell you. And they really think it, it has a, a big benefit. And I think so in, in that role, when you have a, if you're going to have a senior advisor, that's a role that that's the kind of role that that senior advisor should play, you yeah. know, not in on every decision, yeah. not being involved with all this kind of, but, you know, I can provide you insight and information about something that can maybe help your team. And I think that that's, yeah. that's a really good good thing to have. I was talking to John LeClaire today for a few minutes. Uh, he was actually heading up to Boston to watch a prospect at Boston University tomorrow night. 
So these these are the kind of things that are really good. Like you get a guy like a John LeClaire coming in the building. First of all, it's good that a guy, he's going up there to scout a young player, have a talk with him after. Uh, but it's really, 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 uh, those are the kind of things that, that are going on, right? I don't know how much of that went on in the past, but it's that's important for Jonesy to have good voice uh, and Danny to have good voices around the players, sending good messages out. Uh, and Johnny certainly is a, is great with young guys and will we'll have a good message for a lot of those young players. Bob Murray's more the... Uh, the guy that'll actually give more, lend more probably player information to, to guys from what his experience is. Uh, he's not a guy who's going to drive to Boston to meet a younger player, but that's a job for Sharpie or for Johnny. If you're wondering how the, how the trade has reverberated in the room, Brandon Summerman put this video out today. I don't know if you guys saw it, but I want people to see it and hear it. They're out there making a train and choo-chooing. So I would say the vibes are pretty good in the locker room right now. So, hey, Russ, we got a couple. I think we have two super chats. We, we do. We have two super chats. Would you like me to uh, to pull no, them up here? I want them to wait. I mean, I want you know people. people okay, that's fair. Paying money. For Russ, I, start, I sent you a video somebody posted the other day. I just sent it to you and Anthony right now. If you could pull it, it might it might actually be worth having a little fun with. It was clipped okay. the other day by yeah. I'll, I'll wait, but go ahead on the on the well, two. Let me go uh, to Rory first. So Rory just said that Drysdale is going to bring balance to the back end because he's a right-handed defenseman. Yeah, well, the right-handed D thing is. I mean, look, it, it, every team wants right-handed defensemen because there's just not a lot of them, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's you know, it's certainly not a lot of high-end right-handed defensemen. Um, so that's a thing first and foremost. Just playing the game right hand. It's like it's like for years when you had guys who lingered in baseball just because they pitched left-handed and they would could come in and get out one batter if this was before the three batter rule and they used to call them loogies left-handed one out guy right i mean <laughs> or we're going that was it um and, and they but they would make you know a, a career out of just being able to come in face one batter and go this is a little bit more complex than that but at the same time it's something that's really important to a lot of franchises to get right-handed shot defensemen they like the balance in your lineup yeah um mm -hmm. but he, but it's even more so when when you have a guy who you feel like can cr help create the offense that you need now you have now you have him there right it's like okay now this is the right-hand guy and we got the left-hand guy to go on the other side of him that would be that's your top. That could be your top pair going forward. I think that that's kind of their thought process for down the line. So uh, thank you to Rory for that super chat. And there's another super chat in here from Josh White. I don't know if this is my former student, Josh White, but hey, Josh uh, says, which D man is most likely getting moved first? We've talked about the fact that this team has a glut of guys at the NHL level. We originally, I think, thought that Mark Stahl would be the most likely guy when entering the season that around this time or leading up to the deadline. You also have interest out there in Sealer, in Walker. There has been interest in Risto. There has been interest in Sanheim. And if you had to, I guess, put a bet on it, or I don't know, some kind of like well thought out response here, which D-man is most likely to get moved? I'd say most likely, the the most likely one is is Walker because he probably brings you the best value. Now, does that mean he's first to go? Not necessarily. Not necessarily, but I think that he's the most likely to get moved because I think he probably brings the most return of, of all the guys that you could conceivably move on the blue line. Um, Sandheim's not going anywhere. 
Risto, you're probably going to have to eat some salary, so you're, mm-hmm. you're not going to get a ton back for him. So you have to think about that. That one's got to be debated, like, internally. Um, and Sealer, while Sealer could get you something, he's probably not going to get you as much as Walker. So I think Sean Walker is the guy that, that probably gets moved and gets you the most return out of all of the defensemen that will get moved. Look at that. It is your former okay. student. It was my former student. Common name, too. It's like, you know, it could have been anybody, you know, Josh White. You know what? Yeah. You know, I always like Josh better than Christian. <laughs> that's an inside joke. For that's, only that's his that's his older brother. That's I like them both. both I like them both the just fine. We're watching, listening. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's a good like point. Um, okay. Bundy, I don't know what video you think you sent, but I don't have it. All right. Well, I think I just did, sent you a tweet. Did, so if the tweet went through. It's on the tweet, I think. It's on it's on the tweeter. It's, it's on, on the, the Twitter. Twitter. It's kind of it's funny. Actually, Twitter. it was a really good pull. I actually got it sent uh, to me today by my longtime roommate, John LeClaire. Actually, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I, Anthony probably saw it yesterday because I tweeted it yesterday. Did you DM it, it or great. did you just tweet it? I just sent it to you. I don't know if it's there yet. It should be yeah, sending. Know. Okay. Well, if I, we get to it before we head out, right. we'll, we'll <laughs> pop it up. Um, and, I don't know how so to we, do it on this. So, Okay. Um, and was there anything yeah. else that you wanted to, to dive into here before we roll out? They have games this week. I like one of the things that's going to be the most interesting, exciting something is that they've got a lot of home games in the next week. I mean, they, they go out on the road here for a little bit, but they're, they yeah, still they're have the quite for, a few they're on the road games. for four days. And then just through the weekend, the, the long holiday weekend, and then they're, then they're back again for an extended homestand. Um, and uh, yeah, I, look, we we, <laughs> we we tried we talked about this before in the sense that the way that the standings are just so jammed up right now, right? I mean, look if you want to look at the Eastern Conference, just look at the Eastern Conference right now. In the Metro, the Rangers and Carolina are are going to be in the playoffs mm-hmm. um, again, barring major injuries. Um, and then in the Atlantic. You're going to have Boston, you're going to have Florida, and you're going to probably have Toronto, right? So you got five yep. teams that are definitely most likely going to be in the playoffs. That means – and then the next nine teams are within like two to three points of each other. I didn't check the updated standings after last night, so I, I have to look and, and see. But it was – the other night it was – they were all within two points of each other. Um, only three of those nine are going to get in the playoffs. So when you go up against a team like Minnesota, who is not a great team this year, and they're not only that, they're missing some really key players who've been injured. This is a game that if you want, if you're if you want to make the playoffs flyers, you have to win this one. This is mm-hmm. not one where you go, oh well, we 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 come away with a point because we lost in overtime or whatever. No, no. You got to win this one because every one of those teams that you're battling with. They're all going to be coming for you every game because they're going to look at you as a, you know, as a threat to taking their playoff spot. So when you play a team that's not in that mix, that's below you, you have to beat them. You cannot, you can't let it slide. And again, you add on to the fact that you're facing the team with the best record in the sport 24 hours later, and you have to travel there. Not that it's a long flight from Minneapolis or St. Paul to, uh, to Winnipeg, but nevertheless, it's a, it's, you know, 20 next 24 hours later, you're playing the best team in the league. So yeah, this is a game you got to win. Um, 
Titan Flyer asks, what's your guys' take on Hathaway at this point? Is he a guy that we could see out at some point? I think he's a he's a great uh for me, he's a really good depth piece. Yeah. I mean, he you know, he he causes some chaos sometimes on the ice. He's always finishing his checks, always plays the right way. Um he's been a good, you know, in terms of that role, I think he's as probably as good as it gets to cert to a certain degree on that fourth line. Yeah, Franco I mean, Propot. Oh, okay. No, no, I was just gonna add on to that. I was just gonna say, like the, the guys on the fourth line do what fourth line guys are supposed to do. They do. This is a, it's a good group of fourth line players. I don't know if you win long term with too many of those guys, right? But I think for what you have on this team, those guys are doing their job and doing their job well. Mm-hmm. And Hathaway, Hathaway has been a, a really nice addition in that regard. There was I don't a, think uh, there's any doubt about it. Yeah, he's done yeah. a really good job. There was a question here from Franco Propato, which I had, and then oh, there it is. Any chance that the Rizzo kid becomes a star, what we hoped Cutter would be? They're not They're not anywhere near the same level. I think no. the question is, could Rizzo end up being an NHL player? And if so, as we've talked about in the past, like that make good deal with Carolina because the league stepped in on a pretty bullshit thing about Tony D'Angelo and the CBA. If you ended up getting a lottery ticket in Rizzo, Massimo Rizzo, and he turns out to put in his Massimo effort, and he makes it to the NHL. It's a win. It's a small win, but it's a win. I think. I think uh, if if there was ever Joy Kid number five, his name would be Massimo. It is a good oh, name. There's no doubt about it, right? That's a good name. It is. <laughs> Another girl's Dinoette. <laughs> Dinoette. Uh, I. You know what? Hey, we're gonna bring this up. We got all the Italians are in the uh, are in the comments right now. Yeah, Michael Bongiorno the third. I'm gonna say buonasera, good night, and and boot you out of here for this question. What uh, are the odds of Giroux coming back here to finish this story playing with Coots again? <laughs> this ain't Cody Rhodes, man. There's no story yeah. to finish here. That oh, that no. book that Although book is think, closed. I do think the next Luz. question was a was a good one. I do think the next okay. question or the next comment right after that. Yes, this one by Z. How does Cutter issue affect Denver Barkey? I think Denver Barkey, a kid that they drafted last year, um, you know, they like him. You know, they, okay, there's you know, a little bit of a development guy here, but we think that there's something here. We think he's an NHL caliber player. He's broken out at London this year. He's played mm-hmm. really well there. And I, I think what it does is, you know, you, you move a winger out, he slots up one more spot in your depth chart of, of what you're pro- – you know, projecting your team to be going forward. I think that this trade does impact him somewhat in the regard that now that they probably look at him to be a little bit more, you know, uh, of a, of a scoring winger possibility um, than maybe they had before. I like it. Uh, Tim Tobin brings up something that we mentioned at the start of the show. And I think we should address it really quickly because it, it is a concern that I think a lot of fans had, you know, that question was about Denver Barkey, but there have been questions about Mishkov. And that the Mishkov thing is a lot more complicated, obviously, because of the issues with the KHL and Russia and, and his contract. He's still in a contract for a few more years. And so the, the question has been, does Cutter Gauthier wanting to not be part of this team, does that impact Mishkov? Does Mishkov then look at it and say, well, you know, maybe I don't want to be with the Flyers either. And then there's also the part of, um, 
you know, and, and I think the misinformation about this has gone around a lot. And you've you've talked about this, about how Putin apparently had said that he wants to see the Russian players play at least five years in Russia. Mishkov is in year three or four of a he's six year. Third, he's third in the year, third year of a five year deal of your five year deal. Yeah. So like he's already in that. I have not gotten the sense from anybody in the organization that they are any more concerned about the status of Matt Vimishkov today as they were the day that Cutter Gauthier oh. left, right? So there's no... Russ, check your text messages. Bundy sent what? that video via okay. text. So oh, oh, oh up, I know what this is. Okay. Yes, it's a great video. Yes, yeah, I'll pull this out. Up it's great. A great yes, absolutely. This is one here where I can literally go to everybody. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right, fine. We'll bring it up. We'll bring it up. And just really quick, have you gotten yeah. the feeling from anybody that that they're more concerned that like the Gautier not wanting to be here has gotten to Mishkov and now Mishkov doesn't want to be here? No, no. Mishkov wants to play here. And we heard, you heard Dan Hilferty say it on our show. I mean, he, mm -hmm. he said it, you know, that night that when he came on at the second intermission, the night of the trade on Monday, uh, he came on and, you know, they talked and, and talked about it like that is that is their top priority as far as a prospect. They will they will move heaven and earth to get that kid here when it's time to get him here. He is their he's their guy. And people have asked me all along, you know, all week. It said, you know, with Gauthier going out, is you know, is he was was he the same level as Mishkov, whatever? And it's like, no, I think Cutter Gauthier is going to be a really really good player. I think Cutter Gauthier is going to be a Jeff Carter type player. How do you like that? Mm. That's that's where I, that's the kind of player I think he's going to be in the NHL. Matvey Mishkov is going to be a superstar. That's the difference between the two. And, and so they will do what they have to do when the time comes to make sure Matt Vemishkov wears an orange sweater and plays for the Flyers. We're going to do our – we should actually do our picks right now, right, guys? We should do them now, yeah. Well, hold on. Let, let me pull this video up so I can make my pick. I have to think of my right. pick. I, have, yeah, I haven't put any thought enjoy, on this. Enjoy yet. this beauty. Enjoy this beauty. This is so great. we're going to give a shout-out. Look at me playing nice with local media today. Huh? Nice guy. I'm reformed. I'm a born-again <laughs> Philly sports podcast host. Uh, so this is by PHI Heritage, which I is part of – I don't want to mispronounce the guy's name. It's either Maher or, or Mayer or Maher Media, Chris. Uh, so he has this account. It's a brilliant idea. It's a smart idea for an account. Uh, PHI Heritage pulled a thing from Bundy from back in the day, Comcast Sportsnet. Bundy, we're going to watch the clip, and then I, I want to see what you remember about this and if you can add a little bit more context to it. So let's sure. let's go to this. And Chris Terrian is down with Steve Coates. 100 miles an hour? Now, come on. Yeah, I mean, 100 miles an hour. Did you ever think you'd shoot the puck 100 miles an hour? Uh, maybe the machine's broken, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's what everybody on your team thought. <laughs> Now, I mean, did you already get all of that, obviously? Uh, I got into it pretty good, but uh, it was a little overwhelmed in the second one. I, I didn't really uh, make good contact with it. <laughs> now we got to talk for a whole year about the rematch between you and John DeClaire for the hardest shot. I don't want to get into too many of those rematches. <laughs> I don't think you should either. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. Great, great job, Chris. <laughs> That away, Coatsy. Really helping the guy's ego out a lot there with, with a shot. But uh, Chris Terry, speaking of shots, the hardest shot, 100.6. And so the white team picks up a point for that. And So uh, the seeds, there we go. Bundy, the seeds of that, a broadcasting career. 
That's I good couldn't stuff even talk. It. it sounded like I started hard enough getting get an answer out of me. Now I won't shut up. The thing is, if I went back in the locker room, I never would have shut up out in the ice. Like, <laughs> geez, they got a. This is like a different era, right? Like, it's like, oh Jesus, I got a microphone in front of me. It's Coatsy. Coatsy actually looked like young. Like, yeah, he was not long ago. Like, man, I'll tell you what, the time yeah. between then and now, <laughs> some rough years. You've aged. You've aged. You've aged better, I would say. Um, you know what? Which, it just it just Mike? shows. You know what? What I love with that is all the guys milling around, and you know what? In a lot of ways, it shows hockey. It's no different than the choo choo train we saw in Minnesota today, right? It just yeah. it's just the next group, the next generations of athletes coming together and having fun, and I think that's why I wanted to show you that after the uh, uh, after the the, the choo choo this morning right. and uh, and how much fun guys have together through the course. And Mike of the says year. Mike says that the Flyers have their own skills competition. Yes. And it used to be a thing where that arena was almost full for it. Buddy. Act. It yep. was like it was unbelievable how many people used to go down there and watch basically what, what you see now as the all-star skills competition was the thing that the Flyers used to do in the arena just for a night in front of the fans and the people would come and watch it. And it was just like the Flyers' own internal thing. And it was fun. It was a fun night. It was good. It was a good yep. time. Yeah, good times. And, th and that was actually done by the league. So that year, I actually finished second in the entire league. Uh, Freddie Modine. Remember Frederick Modine? Freddie Modine, yeah. He beat it He beat it on the last day. I think he had like 101.1 or something like that. So I finished second overall. I led it till the last day of, of that year. But I still got to tell Johnny in any collection of any kind of records, I'd beat you in the hardest shot because there's no secondary <laughs> one to prove it. And no, you don't get a replay. You don't get a you don't get a second shot at it. <laughs> good stuff. Really good, good stuff. stuff. This is good stuff, guys. I have to say it's you know what? I think we had a nice time here today. All right, are you ready to make your pick there? Lots Russell? of smiles. Yeah, you're first, Russ. Let's go. Uh yeah, Flyers win tonight. Um three to two. Good. You didn't give the same score as me. I got Flyers four two. Mm. I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna stick with the Flyers tonight. I'm gonna go uh the Flyers uh three two. Wow. 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 So it's me and you, sport. me and you, buddy. Hey, uh, by the way, intern Andrew has already sent his over. Yeah. Four three wild in overtime. Wow. Now I do want to show this because I know that last time I was criticized that I brought this up, that I was self-serving because I had a perfect score. I took the time. Here are our standings right now. Let me move that uh, that beautiful Snow the Goalie logo out of the way for a second. Yeah. Uh, Bundy, Bundy leads the pack currently, 25 points on the season. I'm in second with 21. Ant, third with 20. But coming on fast, intern Andrew, 13 points. And as you can see, all those white spaces in the beginning part of the season, that's before we trusted intern Andrew enough to make a pick. So um, he... It, Who's I don't, we, Kimisabi? <laughs> that's oh it's it's all of us it's all of us we didn't know about this intern andrew hey, guy at the time but you know what I, I, we'll, are we going to be on again before yeah we'll be on again to recap because i want to i i really think just because we're you know we're all we do a little all sports too i'd love to do some eagles picks and maybe do a quick <laughs> breakdown on that monday night or two we got a double dipper on monday flyers at st louis eagles at tampa i'm gonna watch i might actually watch the flyers the game Twitter instead accounts, I, instagram accounts everything's burning boys yeah, I don't know if I don't know if I want to even turn on the Eagles game. You know how yeah. lucky Anthony is tonight. Why? He's doing how? AP for the Sixers. 
Yeah. Now, if there's not <laughs> a gift in the world that you'd want better than that, it would be that. As soon as we hang out, and yeah, no Embiid, so I get to go down there and watch the Sixers play without Embiid tonight. So, yeah, fun stuff. Real fun. It's great. Stuff. It's it's great, great stuff. Anyway, a big thank you to everybody who tuned into the show. A couple of things. One, as you may or may not have noticed, we have new merch over at shop.snowthegoalie.com. You can go check that out. Been selling a lot of uh, the Quitter Gautier shirts, a lot, which is a lot of fun. Uh, I saw somebody say that we were adding to toxicity. We're just trying to have a little bit of fun, just a little bit of fun. So you can go to shop.snowthegoalie.com. I do have a design ready for silly the, that silly podcast. Snow the Goalie, that silly podcast. I saw a bunch of people asking in the comments if we're going to do a shirt. I don't know. We'll think about it. We'll think about it. Although there were a bunch of people asking. We'll think about it. But uh, shop.snowthegoalie.com. And then, of course, uh, we have the uh, – there are two events that we have in the month of March. One is the Clearwater Combo Trip where we'll be going down uh, March 7th to the 10th. There is a Phillies-Astros spring training game followed by Flyers-Lightning on back-to-back days. And then March 16th. We're just looking, we're going to add this to the store. I was hoping to have it up there by today. We'll probably have it up by Monday. We'll have tickets available. It's going to be March 16th. No, yes, March 16th at down at La Cecilia in Oxford, which is technically Chester County. It's going to be a press road show. Flyers take on the Boston Bruins that night. It's going to be a massive spread of Italian food. Okay. So you are going to want to absolutely be there. Join us. Come have a ton of food. Have some drinks. Have some laughs. Have some good hockey talk. It's going to be a great time. March 16th. Mark it on your calendar. And as soon as we get that up on shop.snowthegoalie.com, we'll put that link out. It's going to be limited tickets available. It's going to be a great time. Seriously, it's going to be a lot of fun. Come watch the game with us. Come chat it up. It's going to be a lot of fun. So um, anything else you guys wanted to get to before we head out? No? No. Uh, again, uh, next uh, two Fridays from today will be the alumni game. Uh, I mean, I'm going to tweet that this weekend, the the Bundy uh, promo. You get $6 off six. You get that? You know, number six off your upper level seats. If you'd like to come to the game in two weeks, that'll be uh, a lot of fun. And, and it'll be, a, I, I keep, like I said, I heard the other night that Ber, uh, Bergeron and Chara are playing. That should be. They actually, lot. that is official? I, I don't know. I heard it. I, I don't know. It's crazy. Bundy's going to go out there and play against Bergeron. Look at, Look at this. Big Dino. Look at Big Dino. Look at him. Hey. Yes. Hey. yes. All right. Dino. Look at that, man. We have a surprise appearance by Dino Joy. Just turned one. <laughs> What's hey, up, buddy? Dino? All right. There we'll you go. We're a family-friendly show. Okay. Family-friendly show. Weekend. He can't hear the Bundy bombs unless I give him the headphone. Yeah. <laughs> so. Get the earmuffs on. Get the earmuffs on. That's, that's right. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Right. Nothing like having a little bit of a uh, little bit of fun at the end. Brother. <laughs> what? <laughs> is that Russ? Where is it out there? <laughs> is that Russ's big brother? <laughs> uh, oh, all right. right. Wrap it up, Russ. Have all a good right, weekend, guys. everybody. Go a, Flyers. A really great time here. We will be back on, I believe, Sunday morning. We'll recap so everybody can kind of chill out if anybody's worried. Tomorrow, we won't be doing the morning after recap. We'll do it Sunday morning. We'll recap the Wild game and the Jets game. Any other stories that break between now and then. So we'll see you guys on Sunday morning. We'll put on on social what time. But a big thank you to everybody who uh, who joined us today. Big thank you to everybody who has been uh, supporting this week. And we will be back next week. Or we'll be back on Sunday. And then we'll do a uh, press row show and everything next week. So for Ant, for Bundy, for Dino, who's making goofy sounds. I'm Russ. Thanks for listening to Snow the Goalie.
that silly podcast. We'll talk to you very soon. <laughs>